Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I prepared to rock out the Central Division Part 1 of our season previews. Uh, we just finished with the Pacific Division. Uh, if you haven't heard that one, go back, check it out. There's Part 1 and Part 2. We'll give our predictions for that division. And we are going to do the same for the Central Part one, we're going to hit the Arizona Coyotes, Colorado Avalanche, Minnesota Wild, and the St. Louis... Nope, nope, nope. Just just totally messed that up. Skipped the whole team. Arizona Coyotes, Chicago Blackhawks, Colorado Avalanche, and the Dallas Stars. We'll just alphabetical order it. So uh, those will be the four teams on this one. And part two, you'll find the Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, and the Winnipeg Jets. With that said, Justin, Hi. Oh, hi. Nice to see you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to talk to you. Can't can't see you. Haven't seen you in a long time. You know, for all I know, you now weigh 345 pounds, and uh, you're doing this show from the old refrigerator box from the house that you sold. <laughs> Although the audio, the audio quality is probably too good for that. But, uh, Maybe. Okay, the Central Division. Before we dive into the four teams we're going to hit today, what are kind of your what's your feel for the central like the pacific it was very like yeah there's two really good teams here and then the rest of it's kind of a crapshoot and there's a lot of really bad teams so anything can happen the central what's your vibe coming in i think there's a lot of wild cards here in this team i look at a team like chicago for example they made a lot of moves uh duncan keith is gone seth jones is in again there could be some big changes to this team they could really make a push same with i mean again we had the dallas stars maybe not as effective as we thought they could be last year nashville making some moves there's just so much going on in this division i think honestly you could roll the dice with every team outside of colorado and maybe see where they land yeah and to be honest even colorado took a good hit like colorado is we'll get to colorado but there there is a world where colorado is doesn't finish number one in this division. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just, I think this division. You're right. It's, it's wide open. Uh, let's start with the Arizona Coyotes, uh, mostly because I think that they, they freaking, they did the most. Like nobody sent out more players, nobody brought in more players in the Central Division than the Arizona Coyotes. They, they made some moves. Um, they're no longer the same team that they were last season in, in a nutshell. Uh, let's addition. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about players that left Darcy Kemper goes to Colorado. Auntie Ranta goes to, uh, went to New York, right? No, <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Where did he go? Uh, I'm blanking. Good, yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't go he to, went. you wouldn't go to New York. That's weird. That just no, no. He went to Carolina. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Him and James Reimer. James Reimer did did not go to Carolina. That's a oh, lie. I'm sorry. That's he a he lie. left Carolina. He that's went to lie. San Jose. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna stop. We're just gonna stop doing the show <laughs> because we don't know anything about hockey. No, there's so many damn people going places. There is like more more people moving teams this last off season than ever before. Uh, so you can't blame us. Uh, get mad at us, call us idiots on Twitter. That would be fun. Uh, Aiden Hill, their other goalie, goes to San Jose. So uh, basically, this team is left with no goaltender and 
They also lose Christian Dvorak, traded to Montreal, Oliver Ackman Larson, and Connor Garland to Vancouver. And Alex Goligoski heads to Minnesota. So practically everybody leaves. And the names coming in are not anyone that's going to make you uh, super pumped about the next year. Ryan Dezingle, Carter Hutton, new bat, new starting goalie, Carter Hutton. Uh, Dimitri Askin, Connor Timmins, Anton Strahlman, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, Shane Gostisbehere, Joseph Coronar, Travis Boyd, and Andrew Ladd from the New York Islanders. Oh. I mean, I think the number one question heading into this year is who will be next? <laughs> I mean, look, if you look at their forward group, right? Uh, they've only got three guys signed beyond this season. It's ridiculous. They've Andrew Ladd, okay, well, he's pretty much done, so you might as well just throw him on IR so he doesn't count anymore. Right. So, yeah, they've got Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. Really, that's it beyond this season. And those guys, luckily for them, are 23 and 25 years of age, so um, they can still be part of a rebuild. They can still be guys that can you know, hang around for a few more years. Uh, God knows how long the rebuild's going to take, but luckily for this team, they've got – three first rounders and five second rounders so they can they can rebuild pretty dang quick and then not to mention guys that they can unload at the deadline for sure yeah i mean and it's funny because the two guys that are signed beyond this next year are maybe the most likely players to go like nick schmaltz (laughs) he very well could get dealt no doubt about it clayton keller he might be he be a tough one to move I think because of how much he's getting paid uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's not an Arizona Coyote for that much longer but I don't know he gets dealt this like during the season uh, but Phil Kessel man I gotta think that he's gonna be out of there unless he's yeah, dying it won't to stay take long. I mean he gets to submit an eight team trade list you know unless he's just dying to stay there and and lose you know thinking like well I won I won some cups I'm all set. Uh, I I do I do foresee sometime in this uh, this next year where the rumor mill begins and the rumor mill of Phil Kessel back to Toronto starts. Oh boy! <laughs> I I truly believe you're gonna you're gonna see it somewhere. Uh, there's. You know, there's there's enough that they could they could probably maneuver their way around and and fit them if Arizona ate half the contract, but uh, I don't know how willing they are going to be to do that. But uh, that would be kind of fun. You know, Phil Kessel comes back to Toronto and tries to win a cup with the with the new group that <laughs> he just didn't have to stick around for all the like absolutely horrific losing uh, that they would go on to do. Um, yeah, I mean, really, any anyone from this team I don't think anyone's safe like even Jacob Chikrin I think he could be the next one moved like oh. this this team is going to look to move a lot of players they're like they're stripping down they want to start over and often those like those pretty young players under cost control those are the ones you're going to get a boatload for and uh, boy would you get a boatload for Jacob Chikrin right now so I uh, I mean that's I, I guess Maybe here's here's instead of who's going to get dealt, let's go over under the amount of draft picks that they will have at the 2022 draft. Now, right now they have 12. 
do we say an an over under of 16.5 wow okay what do you think i'll go i'll go under i think okay i think they yeah i think they only end up maybe with an additional three and i say that because i it wouldn't surprise me if they try to package a player and maybe a third or second round pick to get another first um you know again depending on how desperate a team is at the deadline to acquire somebody um you know maybe like a jay beagle or uh antoine roussel a guy who can still you know chip in every now and again and is a good depth player like a ryan dezingle um you know but maybe even further down the line i think you know you're going to see some some lower draft picks like another fifth or sixth round get in there for one of these players but uh phil phil kessel is the guy to me who could potentially net them the biggest return because i think if you're willing to eat just a, a couple million dollars of a salary there are a lot of teams that'll line up and give you a, a first or even you know a couple second round picks to bring this guy in and really solidify you know a second line spot for a guy who could still produce in my opinion and still can skate okay uh yeah i i'm going with over i i think they're okay. gonna have have maybe i now i would think that some of it will they'll try and get it towards the next year too, you know, package and, and try to get some picks in 2023 and 2024. Uh, but I'm going over 16 and a half for that year. I think that they're, they're looking at the top of that draft and hoping that they can probably hit on, on a few of those. Um, my last thought, one and a half million dollars to go towards goaltending. I was doing my darndest to figure out the last time a team had $1.5 million dollars towards their goaltending and uh it's probably been i mean you've you got to be talking somewhere in the early 90s when you know the the league max was like three hundred thousand. <laughs> that of 1.5 million to your goaltending in total is is unbelievable i i just wanted to point that out but let, let's move on to the chicago blackhawks the blackhawks add Tyler Johnson, Mark Andre Fleury, Seth Jones, his brother Caleb, and Juki Haru. I I feel like I said that right, right? Who knows? J U J H A R. No, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. You're you're good enough. We'll we'll go with that. No, no, no. You tell me what is it? Uh, Yuka Hari. Yuka Hari. Okay, there we go. They lose Nikita, Nikita Zadorov. Brent Seabrook, Adam Boquist, and Duncan Keith. Adam Boquist, of course, the key component of the Seth Jones deal. Uh, I mean, this Blackhawks team is apparently going for it. Uh, last season, both Kane and Taze were pissed at the direction that the Blackhawks took and uh, you know, kind of letting players go and coming into the season with uh, lesser goaltending, we'll say. How much yeah. will Marc-Andre Fleury and Seth Jones elevate this Blackhawks team in the standings like they're obviously trying to make a push is this a push to get into the playoffs is this a push because they think that these players will help them to win a stanley cup like where are we at with this blackhawks team yeah i mean let's be honest here too they've got a team now uh not only that is got a number one goaltender and a number one defender but they've also got their number one center back right a lot of teams don't have that luxury of of getting one, if not all three of those positions basically filled for a whole new season. So you, you bring in Jonathan Taves back 
off that injured riddled season last year. So he's healthy. He's ready to go from what I understand. Uh, I thought so I saw that he might not, he might not start the, start the year. I, it, Hey, if, if that's the case, then yeah. Um, he, it was, I mean, it, it was some kind of, it was like chronic immune response syndrome or something, right? Like, okay. That, that was what, uh, that was what was reported that he had. Uh, right. But yeah, maybe, maybe it is now coming out that he's going to, uh, that he's going to play. The last I saw was that he might not start the year and they were hoping that he would, you know, not miss too much of the start, but okay. uh, maybe yeah. that's but Regardless, I think obviously you're getting a major upgrade over a guy like Subban uh, for a Marc-Andre Fleury here in that. So you've got a guy who can basically, obviously, Vesna winner last year. So you got a guy who can backstop a team. You upgrade the defense in my mind. You go from having a number five, number six defenseman to bringing in a number one in Seth Jones, who he had a little bit of a down year last year, but I still think he is more than capable of producing. And now you've got him on a team that has some firepower up front. You know, obviously he didn't have that in Columbus. He had Cam Atkinson, and and maybe that was it. Uh, now he's got probably the greatest American player of all time, Patty Kane, uh, to pass the puck to on the power play. You've got Alex DeBrinket, who is an emerging. You know, I wouldn't say emerging. He's already emerged, but. Um, you know, he's he's definitely a top six winger. And, uh, you know, again, they, they've got Kirby Doc, who hopefully can potentially be that eventual number one center for this team. Maybe he fills in why, you know, if Taves doesn't come back right away, maybe he can fill in there at that number one spot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, more weapons than he's had in a long time in Columbus. And so I think he's more than capable of, of getting back to his, his former Norris-esque self. Okay. I love it. Uh, I, I think – I have a really hard time not rooting for this team, right? Like they just, yep. they went for it and I love it. I love that they, that they just went for it. I hope that, you know, Tyler Johnson can be, is given opportunities to, uh, to succeed here. I, I think that he very well could, you know, find himself playing alongside Patrick Kane. <laughs> I think there's a chance of it. I mean, maybe it's Kirby doc, uh, but I think there's a chance, you know, maybe, maybe he gets, uh, that opportunity to move up in the lineup and and make a big impact. So it would be fun to see Tyler Johnson doing well again. You know, not being the fourth line center. Um, always appreciated who he was and how he played the game. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, is this uh, is he going to win the Vesna second year in a row? What, what do you think? Um, maybe not. I, I think uh, you know. Again, he had the ability to get some rest. I think last year with with uh, you know, Leonard back there to, to relieve him in those, you know, those stretches where maybe he was playing a lot of back to backs. Yeah, but Lankinen was great. I mean, he was good. He wasn't great. Um, is he Robin Leonard? No, not at all. So no, sure. Um, but I mean, he, play, know, he played 37 games. I, yeah. I mean, that's probably too many for Lankinen. I mean, if, if you've got him down in the like 25 games and Mark Andre Fleury's posting up, you know, 55 games in the season, I think that you're in a pretty good shape for both of those goalies to be able to be at their best. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you there. I think that's an ideal situation for both of these guys. But again, you know, I mean, at you know, 36 years old, Mark Andre Fleury has basically won everything now. He's he's got the Vesna, but I, I still think he wants to go out and prove that you know he's still capable. I think he he might feel a little slighted by the way he was kind oh, of exited from you think, Vegas. You think he might so, feel a little slighted? Sl- yeah, mildly so mildly slighted. 
So maybe he's got that chip and he plays at a whole other level we just didn't see in Vegas before. And yeah, I mean, it's a realistic possibility because I do think this is a team that's going to compete in the Central. Um, obviously, he's going to have a lot more tough teams than he did when he was playing in Vegas. I think the competition in this division is a lot stronger. So maybe it's just going to be harder for him to get as many wins and post some incredible numbers like he's done. But I still think he's he's a top tier number one goaltender. You know, it's it's uh, it's funny that like I mean, you know that last year was his best year of his entire career <laughs> yeah, in terms of in terms of his numbers. I mean, almost by far. Like he did have one his first year in Vegas. A 927 save percentage this year was 928. But that 198 goals against is also ridiculous, which which tends to be more of a team number. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who has their best – like, what Hall of Fame player – because he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, he's going to yes. be first ballot Hall of Famer. What Hall of Fame player has their best year as a 36-year-old? Like, that just doesn't really happen. Like, usually when you are, when you're at that level, you know, for that long in your career, your best years are sometime somewhere in your 20s. Like, yeah, you have good years in your 30s. But for your best year to be when you're 36 years old is unbelievable at this level of play. Like, this isn't a guy who's been really good since he was 28, and now at 36 he had like a, a really crazy year. Like this guy's been in the NHL since he was like uh, his first year, oh three, oh four. He was drafted in what 2002, three. Oh, he played. He played three. as an 18 year old, right? So yeah, I, I mean that's just unbelievable to have in your 18th season in the NHL. You go and you have your best year. <laughs> that's madness i i wonder yeah, I if it's say, ever happened before yes it has uh i immediately thought of this name and and took a look but what i will say the difference is this guy came into the league later in his life so when you look at a guy who had his best year at 36 okay are we tim talking about thomas. tim thomas yeah 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 but see he he wasn't he wasn't a mainstay until he was much older anyways right so yeah, you, he was 31. You, yeah, so you think like the wear and tear in his body's maybe a little less. It, it absolutely that would be you know some of the thought, but for for a guy that's what like Tim Thomas really great years, not a Hall of Fame goalie. Mark Andre Fleury first ballot Hall of Famer. Like this guy is has always been very 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 good. Like even in his worst years, he was still pretty darn good. Uh, and really, his worst years came in years where, like, the Penguins weren't good anyways. Right. So you almost have to just kind of like, eh, he was just kind of warming up. <laughs> and uh, and for the way, I mean, he he is, you know, it's funny because he's definitely not, like, he's not looked upon the same way that people looked at Martin Brodeur or Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hoshik, Ed Belfour even. But he's he's mm-hmm. just as good as... As almost all those guys, like in terms of his numbers and what he's been able to do, the cups that he's won, I mean, he is on Patrick Waugh's level in terms of the era that he plays in. He's on the same level, but he he will never get the same kind of love that Patrick Waugh got. Never. No. Despite being, again, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, it just I, Maybe that's just personality or uh, I don't know. but And because no, what, he played for I mean, such good teams... 
Yeah, uh, what I will say, yes, it was personality, but you know, with with Mark Andre Fleury, he was never the best guy on the team, right? When Brodeur was always the best guy on his team. Uh, Patrick Wad, yeah, he oh, was. The Niedermeyer best guy was also years. a Hall of Famer, and so was Scott oh, yeah, Steven. Well, you know, the, well, I mean, I'll give you that too. But, but I yes, mean, it was he, always he, Brodeur. Crosby, Crosby took the limelight, and Malkin took yep. the limelight. Yeah, you got two other Hall of Famers, but all those other goalies played with Hall of Famers. Like Patrick Wall played with Joe Sackick, you know, in, in company was in Colorado. I mean, yeah. He played with some pretty great players in Montreal too when he was there. Like, so you don't just get away with playing, you know. But he didn't play with Gretzky, I guess is is maybe what you're saying. He didn't play with Mario Lemieux, the other right. best players of, of of that era. But uh, anyways, okay, let's let's move on here from the Blackhawks and uh, let's go to the Colorado Avalanche. They lose Philip Grubauer, add Darcy Kemper. They lose Don Scoy, Brandon Saad, Ryan Graves, and Connor Timmons. And they substitute those guys in with Ryan Murray and Darren Helm. So let's start it off. The first big question, the goaltending. I mean, they lose a Vesna Trophy candidate. And they bring in, you know, a guy who's who's been pretty good. Uh I, but he kind of has has kind of come into his own the last couple years. He's only played more than thirty games one time, uh, in the, since fourteen fifteen. He played fifty five games in eighteen nineteen, and uh, pretty darn good goalie playing on a really bad team. Does this translate? Yeah, that's the question mark, right? Because he honestly, those Minnesota teams were mediocre at best. Uh, when he went to L.A., they weren't any good there. And when he went to Arizona, they weren't any good there either, right? So um, they were competitive. But, again, they weren't playoff teams. They weren't expected to go to the Stanley Cup. None of these teams were expected to be, you know, Stanley Cup contenders. And so now he's he's in a whole new situation, right? He's got a team in front of him that can actually score a ton of goals if needed. So, yeah, I, I think there's maybe a little less pressure to be – really good in net as there maybe was in Arizona because he was basically the only way they were going to win games. Um, That's a but, good point. That's a very good yeah. point. Yes. <laughs> but what I will say on the flip side of that, he's in a contract year, right? So that might play in his favor because we always seem to, you know, see players do very, very well in contract years uh, and then tank the first year of their new contract. But, um, you know, I, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting because this team basically passed like you said, on a Vesna caliber goaltender for, you know, a mere half a million dollars, it seems like in terms of, you know, money. And so, yeah, they bring in Darcy Kepper, which I think he's a, he's a very capable starting goaltender, but you know, he's not a guy who, again, has played a heavy workload. Pavel Francouz, I don't really think he's anything more than just a backup, not even a one B in my opinion. So, you know, anything more than 25 games, I'm a little worried for him. I mean, he played uh, 34 but, last year and he looked pretty darn good. It just was yeah. once the playoff came. Like it, in my mind, Frank, who's he can play probably that like 30 plus if you need him to, which is essentially a one B, right? Like if you're playing yep. more than 30 games, you're a one B. Uh, if you are. Yes. It's, it's just disconcerting if he needs to be the one playing in the playoffs. I like, that's what killed Colorado. You know, he, in his six games, he just was not good. And yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, Kemper's going to be the guy in those right, playoffs, right? Right. But right. But I mean, barring injury, you know, that's where right. 
that who who you have behind uh, does play a, a big role. So yeah, I mean goaltending, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think Kemper will do fine, uh, but you know based on the way that Colorado has kind of structured their salary, they don't have much of a choice but not to not to pay their goaltenders very much money because of course they go probably their biggest splash was re-signing Gabriel Landeskog to that big $7 million a year deal. And uh, they're, you know, basically for the next two years, they're pretty set. Like they're in a pretty (laughs) good spot for the next two years as far as uh, paying really for really expensive players. Uh, I know Nazem Kadri's a UFA. Uh, He's one of my questions for this team. Like, if Kadri can kind of bounce back here, I mean, once again, suspended in the playoffs, he had a mediocre regular season as well. Uh, I mean, 11 goals in 56 games, not very good. He only plays the two games in the playoffs. Actually, the year before, in 1920 in the bubble, he had a fantastic playoffs. I mean, he had 18 points in 15 games, nine goals. I, he was really, really good in those playoffs. Uh that's really good. That's going to be the question mark for Kadri is, you know, along with the avalanche is how far can they make it in the playoffs? Like at this point, you look at this team and you go, well, let's see. You guys got to win. I mean, you only have two more years of Nathan McKinnon at 6.3 million. And after that, you're not going to be as good as everyone else. You're just not like, you're not yeah. going to be the team you are right now because you're not going to be able to afford to be. Yeah, they're gonna have to. They're basically gonna have to draft well and bring in young guys that they can play like, like Chicago did for all those years, where they were able to get those third and second line guys for you know league minimums because they sure. drafted so well. Well, and so that's what me, you're hoping out of like Bowen Byram, but right, but his contract's up the same year that McKinnon's is up. So if he goes out and he's really as good as he's been touted to be, then you're got to sign another player for. <laughs> for six plus million a year and yes Eric Johnson's deal does come off the books at that point as well but you know there's just there's going to be a lot of moving parts for this team and you're you're basically in this situation where and you look at what is going to come you need to win now because there's this is going to get broken apart whether you are like the the Tampa Bay Lightning and you're able to to like keep the group together for an extra year Eventually, it's like you're going to have to lose pieces like you watch the Lightning have to do over the summer. They lost an entire line, maybe the most important line in the playoffs. They lose the whole thing because they just couldn't afford to keep them. And uh, and they'll figure out a way, I'm sure, to, to piece it back together. But they're just not going to be as good because they have to keep pay, pay, play, paying their top players. Yeah, that, that is going to be a problem. And so you look for guys. To me, I'm looking down at a guy like Tyson Jost to take that next step, right? Because, again, Kadri, if he goes out and he has another fantastic run in the playoffs, if he doesn't get suspended, he'll walk and he'll get paid a little bit more money by somebody else who desperately needs a top six center. And so you you expect a guy like Tyson Jost to step up a little bit. You I, I just don't guy, know. I don't know where the Tyson Jost stuff comes from. It, it, well, I, I don't either. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I'm I mean, not a huge fan of seven his. Seven goals, eight goals, 11 goals, 12 goals. Like. <laughs> He's never scored more than 12 goals, and 12 goals was his rookie season. Uh, no, I agree. I don't think he's he's made out to be this top six guy like I think a lot of people expected him to be. But again, if you're Colorado, you need those guys to step up and, and be those those guys who can fill in those spots because eventually, like you said, 
McKinnon's going to need money and it's going to hurt them. And they're not going to be able to sign guys to fill in those middle six roles like other teams maybe can. Sure. Yep. Uh, certainly, you know, with the loss of Donskoy and Saad, they're going to need scoring lower in the lineup. And uh, you're you're probably, you're looking to Nichushkin. You know, can he continue to uh, to score? And I mean, he scored ten goals last year, thirteen the year before. You know, maybe in a full season, he's he's a twenty goal scorer. That's going to be really important. Like he needs to keep that up. Uh, this team, from a forward standpoint is in a very similar situation to Edmonton, right? Like desperate to find scoring anywhere that you can. And I actually, I'd say I like Edmonton's forward group better than Colorado's at this point. Wow. Uh, so now, you know, hey, because what? We're going Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid. Who am I taking? McDavid. Uh, then what are we saying? Rantanen and Dreisaitl. I'm taking Dreisaitl. Uh yeah, you know, maybe, and that's where, okay, yeah, they have the edge with, with Landis Cog. I don't think that they, you know, you're taking Landis Cog over Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But beyond that, who do I want, Kadri or Hyman? I'll take Hyman all day. You know, I'll, do you want Burakovsky or like a, a Warren Fogle? You know, I'll take Burakovsky at I'll that take, point. Yeah, but, yeah. So, I mean, it's not still. like they're that far off, but it's, uh, it's definitely much closer than I think some people would have you believe. Like, you know, the way they talk about Colorado, Colorado's forward group, unbelievable. Uh, it's it's probably more driven from the back end with Kale McCarr, Samuel Gerrard, Devin Taves, and what they hope Bowen Byram to be. Uh, that, that back end stirs the drink a lot more than maybe we expect. Yeah, and then let's not forget too, I mean, that production they got from maybe some of those forwards, Kadri and, and Burakovsky, where maybe, you know, you look at an Edmonton Oilers team and you say, okay, now they can compete with that from a forward group standpoint. After this year, that's out the window because they're not going to be able to resign those guys. If they have, you know, years like they did last year, they're going to want more money. Right. So that's a want. downside when you have really good years. Everybody wants money. Right. <laughs> Even when they don't have good years, they want money. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, everybody wants their money. I get it. So would I would want my money too. Uh, speaking of which, you can go to givemarkpaulmoney.com. <laughs> uh, donations start at $1,000 a month. It's a good subscription. I love it. I'll text you once a month. <laughs> That's it. That's all you get, but it's worth it's worth, worth its weight in gold. Um, I wonder if that website's real. It's not. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go on to the, the Dallas Stars, our last team of part one of the Central Division. Uh, this Dallas Stars team had a lot of injuries last year. Uh, I mean, Sagan, Hints, Radulov, what are you going to do when those guys go down? They almost found their way into the playoffs. They just couldn't bring it all together. Uh, they, they couldn't seem to win that game in the end, like where it was like, oh, they just need to win this one and then they'll be in a great position. And they just wouldn't win it. Uh, Sagan came back probably a little bit too late. Everyone appears to be healthy. The question will be, outside of Ben Bishop, of course, uh, but they've got, you know, every goalie, Anton Kudobin, Braden Holpe, also Jake Ottinger, <laughs> who uh, who played pretty well for them when when called upon their, their future goalie or goalie of the future. Uh, can this team stay healthy? That's to me the biggest question mark. Like they've got to be doing something where guys are guys seem to constantly be getting hurt. 
can they stay healthy? Yeah, that's that's the big question mark, right? And I think for me, the other the other big question mark is, you know, can you still get the same kind of production that you did, got last year out of some of these guys? Because I, I think looking at some of these players, uh, like a Rupe Hintz, a Joe Pavelski, maybe these guys played a little bit better than I expected of them to play. Um, you know, especially Joe Pa, I was not expecting him to to pop over twenty five goals and and put up fifty one points and lead this team in in pr- basically every area. Well, that's because there was nobody else to do it. I mean, he, right. well, he had a lot thing. of opportunity. I, absolutely. Uh, so now that everybody's healthy, are you going to get some decent production out of him? Because now that he's his minutes are going to be limited a little bit more. He played 19 minutes last year, which is, I mean, those are top line minutes. It's probably too many team. minutes. It's too many minutes right. for him. And he probably, his production was actually harmed because of playing too much. Like being put Maybe. into too many situations, so then you're not you're not in the best position to always go out and score or, you know, you're, you're having to hold back a little bit. I, I, and for whatever reason, yeah, I know he's 37. I just don't have much worry about Joe Pavelski. He always seems to, he always seems to be able to like, to answer the bell. Um, I know two years ago, I mean, you know, during the shortened season, he had, he only had 31 points in 67 games, basically a 40 point season. Um, I'm not expecting a point per game, you know, out of him. I I think that you're you're somewhere in the 45 to 50 point range for him over the course of an 82 game season, and that would be a great a great year for him. I you know I, I don't think you'd have any problem with a 50 point. Maybe it's seven million bucks. It's a lot, but or not enough. Uh, but the stars also keep the puck out of their net really well. So as long as Sagan's healthy and and you know if Ben can find the back of the net more often. Uh, Radulov stays healthy. Like, if this team can score and it doesn't have to be all Pavelski, I'm not worried. So, yeah. And you talk about keeping the puck out of the net, too. I think when you look at it from a defensive standpoint, right? They keep their back end healthy. They bring in a guy like Ryan Suter, who now rounds right. off their top four. Really, really nice, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm more than got... happy to trade Alexiak for Ryan Suter on my right. decor. Absolutely. So, when you've got Essel and Dell. And Klingberg, you know, as that top line, and then you got Ryan Suter and Miro Heiskinen. I mean, I don't know how they want to, to pair this, but either way, I'm I'm happy with any combination of those guys up front. Uh, not to mention, you've got you know on your bottom six now. You bring in a guy who I know very well. Luke Lendenning is is a fantastic two way forward who is one of the best face off guys in the league. Kills penalties very very good, and so now you you have that added dimension on your team on your bottom six role. I, I mean, I don't know where he'll plug in either. I'm assuming a fourth line center at this point, but um, again, you have options, right? So now you, you know, with a healthy Sagan, uh, this is going to be a very interesting team this year. And so um, the only guy I feel bad for, honestly, on this team right now is Jake Ottinger. Um, kind of sucks. Uh, you know, he he looks like he could have, he would have been worth a look as far as, uh, you know, a backup position, but they bring in Holpe. Who knows what's going to happen with that situation? So I, th- I think they probably told him. We want you to get a full year in the AHL. We want like go, go dominate, and uh, that that's my guess. You know, I as much as you don't necessarily want want that as a player, I I think that he he may get a he may get an opportunity. You know, the way that these goalies for the Dallas Stars go down, <laughs> you just <laughs> you just never know. Uh, yeah, he'll get some games, and and but I mean, he is in a contract year too, and I think maybe from a 
Dallas standpoint, if he's playing the whole year in the AHL, maybe gets 10 games, five games up here. Uh, you don't have to give him as much money if he came up and dominated right in the yeah. NHL level. So yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, for Dallas, it's building. I think upon what what you were able to to do last year because of the injuries, like Dennis Giryanov, like thirty points in fifty five games, kind of played really really well. Uh, Jason Robertson could have been rookie of the year in in a lot of other years. Um, where Kirill Kaprizov isn't in it, you know, 45, 45 points, 17 goals. I mean, he's maybe a 30 goal scorer in a full season. Uh, not to mention with Sagan back the whole entire year, you know, what can he do? I, I, I really like this team. I, I like, I, last year I think was kind of fluky. You know, they go to the Stanley cup finals, then you miss the year you miss completely the next year. Uh, I think they were maybe a team affected the most by COVID because remember they they got that the big hit in the beginning of the year. They couldn't even start the season on time and right. no one could stay healthy. It just it was just a bad personal year. It wasn't necessarily that their team was built bad. It just nothing worked and nothing went well for them. And I think that they've set themselves up and not panicked and they, you know, bring in Ryan Suter. I think that that's a, he's, I mean, he can still go out and play 25 minutes a night and be incredible for you. Uh, I, I look at this, I really like what they, what they were able to do. Uh, bringing in Glenn Denning is a nice, a nice piece as well. Of course, losing J- Jason Dickinson hurts, but he's a third line center. You, you can figure that out. With a with a healthy Sagan, you're much less worried, and this team chugs out two way forwards like it's nobody's business anyway. So, so I don't think that they're <laughs> they're as as worried about losing Dickinson. So, um, oh, one other question: Will Ty Delandria become a full time Dallas Star? That's a huge boost to uh, to what this team could do. Because I mean, last year you know he he came up, played twenty six games, he had five points, uh, but thirteenth overall pick, twenty one years old. If he can make the team and actually play some significant minutes, you know maybe that's somebody who can help you fill in your top nine uh, on the on the wing there. And it's always nice when you have a you know one of your first round picks come up and make the team. I think he's probably the most likely guy that like is on their non-roster right now to actually make the NHL squad. Uh, I think that he could fit nicely with this team as he did uh, towards the end of the year last year. Beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Um, this team is going to be definitely a wild card for me. I think there's so many interesting pieces on this team that, you know, again, Sagan, Ben, Suter, there's just so many variables that I think this team is, is definitely going to surprise people. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, if this just doesn't go well again, you can trade Joe Pavelski. Yep. He gets to submit a three-team trade list, so <laughs> so you're not going to have many options. Uh, you can trade Radulov. He's a free agent at the end of the year, too. Michael Raffle, Blake Como, and John Klingberg. You know, if there's if if uh, these guys don't want to come back, you certainly want to get something for them. My guess is that not all three of them come back. So uh, and, and not to mention Braden Holby. So there are some pieces that they could move at the deadline as well 
if they are in a, a bad spot, which I, I don't expect them to be in a position where they're going, we need to sell the farm, get rid of everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, okay. Well, there's uh, the first four teams of the central division preview. Stay tuned for part two. Look out for that. And uh, you'll find us on Twitter at OT hockey talk. We will talk to you guys soon. Justin, have yourself a great evening. You as well, Mark. 